Thank you. This is Boogie Robertson. This is the XFL Show. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of February 1st, 2020. This is for the love of football, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. The rosters are set. The depth charts are taking formation. And it is almost time for spring football with just about one week until kickoff. This is episode 109. We are ready. We are ready for you, Jake, to tell us what team you're rooting for. Who you got? We're one week out. <laughs> uh, currently, I'm, I'm undecided, but we still have a week to go, which is closer than ever. <laughs> yeah, it is. Literally. And we are here to talk about some uh, big news for some teams who made uh, announcements. Well, actually, earlier this week, we already got to the Seattle Dragons. They announced Brandon Silvers as their starting QB. Another starting QB announced in the league. And, oh my, the depth charts are taken formation, but they are not set yet. So there will be maybe some speculation throughout the show and a whole lot of fun being had talking about the latest in the XFL. This official XFL podcast can be found on any, any podcast app out there. Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts, we're there. Just make sure you subscribe and tell your football friends. This is the XFL shows where it's at. When you want to talk XFL two times every single week, every Tuesday and late Thursday nights, we appreciate you subscribing, and we appreciate you following us at XFL Show. Bryant, we're blowing up. We're hitting milestones on Twitter just about to hit kickoff. I'm feeling like the buzz is there. I could see it on social media. A lot more interaction there coming off the of last episode as kickoff. Everybody could smell it. <laughs> what does it smell like, Alan? Every time you say that, I ask you, what does it smell like? Pig skin, baby. Big skin. Yeah, we are closer than ever, Jake, to rip off you a little bit here, but we are just about a week away from kickoff. The buzz is there. The social media has been raving. Uh, it's a constant barrage of notifications. If you're really paying attention to what the XFL has been tweeting out, what these teams are tweeting out, what people are talking about, you're seeing it uh, all over the place, really. If you go down the line, uh, ESPN, Fox, even down into some of your, some of your betting sites that we're going to get into a little bit later. Uh, you're really seeing the XFL kind of come to life in these last couple of weeks. Uh, the, the finish line is there. I don't know if it's a finish line. I guess it's the first lap really in this, in this road, <laughs> right? The starting line, I guess. The finish line is also a starting line this time around. Uh, but we're, yeah, what are we, uh, seven days. We're, we hit single digits as of this recording as well. Yes, sir. We are on our way and we are going to start previewing games a week from this episode. So this time next week will be game previews. We have so much to come. We have our season predictions. Uh, we're going to pick MVPs and and champions next week. I, I'm looking forward to that. I've been doing my research and I don't know about you, Jake. I, I'm looking forward to that. But I think mostly everybody, including myself, is looking forward to you picking the team you'll be rooting for in 2020. Yeah, I, you know, I've been hearing about it for a long time. I know Bryant is texting me, uh, you know, daily wanting to know. And all I have to say is there's still time left. Don't rush me. <laughs> Can you promise I, I us that this is happening? I understand is there a the rosters this are out, but I also want to know who's starting. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, hey, I don't blame you, Jake. I think that's uh, a very valid point. I'm not going to rush you. You you want to know who's starting, and we don't know every you, every starter around the league. We don't know every yeah, starting quarterback around the league. It's very important. Are you going right? to want to know? Are, are you going to want to know who's good? Are you going to want to know who's winning? Are you going to want to know who's in the playoffs? Are you going to want to know who's in the championship game, or maybe even who won the game before you pick? Who you're I, for? I think you're going just a little bit overboard on that. It's been two years. All right, so don't so the so show be started. Don't don't rush him. It's been two years. Don't rush him. Let him get let him get to the finish line the at his own pace. That's what this has all been all about. Runway. And we're about to finish it though. And we have some exciting stuff to talk about. Remember, we do have that telephone voicemail number for you to call in anytime. 
get on the show, 724-565-4XFL, if you want to call the XFL fan line. And yes, remember, once again, can't stress this enough, Tuesday mornings, late Thursday evenings, two shows per week. And uh, this this Thursday show uh, will effectively be a weekly preview show starting next week as we look ahead to all the games. And we'll start looking ahead a little bit here because, well, more win totals are coming out across sports books. We talked on the last show about Caesars Palace having Tampa Bay as their favorites uh, in terms of total wins. And then you saw some come out this week, Bryant, with Bovada and FanDuel having the Dallas Renegades ahead of some teams in win total. Yeah, there, it, it's really all over the place. And I, I think that's what's expected. I can't imagine that these uh, books really know what's going to happen with these teams. Uh, you and I, Alan, like like we said, we were down in Houston watching some of these games. And there weren't these teams full. I mean, it's like trying to judge who's going to be the winner if only by preseason in the NFL. You really can't do that. You're going to have to go off of what's on paper, uh, what have you've heard, what you've seen uh, during practice. And I guess everybody's eyes are different when it comes to placing these win totals. Yeah, and like I said last show, I mean, it's to pick a team's total wins is is tough. But to say that there's going to be a team winning seven games in the league when the league is designed and it's been said by the commissioner for parity, that's a lot of wins in a league that's supposed to be you know pretty much. Uh, equal among the eight teams in, ter- in terms of the talent being spread apart across yeah. the league to start this this first season. I mean, seven wins would be, I, I think, a huge accomplishment, Jake, don't you, if if some team's able to reach that? Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have anomalies, like everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's very realistic for a team to end up with seven wins. And unfortunately, I think it's also realistic for a team to end, end up with only two wins. So, you know, I, I think you're going to get both sides. You're going to have a high and a low and a lot in the middle. And, I mean, if you go back to whenever we were way too early predicting the seasons, you know, I, I think a lot of us were hanging right around the middle, right around that five-win well, range. That's where I was going to ask you, Jake. If you were to put the win totals for all these teams, would it just be like a five-and-a-half for you? Uh I'm there. Or maybe even maybe yeah. Do you have to put it in the half, simulator. Four, four, four and a half. I'll yeah, tell you yeah, this. I'd, I'd have to I'd have to crunch the numbers and you know let it uh, compute overnight. But, <laughs> yeah, that that sounds about right. I've been doing some computing myself, uh, Jake, looking at the rosters more and more, and and planning for maybe having a little fantasy uh, games with amongst ourselves here on the show, and and also making our predictions on the next episode. For, for win totals in the season and whatnot. And I'll tell you, Brian, I'm not going a team over six wins. Absolutely not. I'm not I'm not that brave. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, you guys you guys might pick different. I can't wait to see what you guys pick for next episode. That'll be coming up. We'll be doing win totals, championships, all that fun preseason stuff. And uh, that, we'll dip our toe into some of that prediction stuff, uh, superlatives a little bit later on in the episode. We will uh, not have a good, crisp interview per se this week as well, by the way. Uh, We had one lined up, reschedule it, and uh, we'll hopefully have that player. We had a a, a St. Louis Battlehawk lined up, unfortunately. You're bugging uh, them. uh, Unfortunately. They're they're trying to prep. They're prepping, yeah. They've got stuff going on. They're trying to get ready for the Dallas Renegades. So actually our good, crisp interview this week, Brian, is going to be Vince. He said he's on the road this week, so you know not going to be at his home studio to do the show. But he said, "Give me a call during the cover twos because he has some things to say." So that'll be our good crisp interview this week. And that's that should be perfectly fine for anybody who's uh, listening to this show, right? Because Vince sometimes has some different insight than the rest of us every once in a while. So oh, you mean like that, you I'm mean sure like I'd... when he called Kenny Robinson overrated on the last show? Yeah, no that kind of thing. That. <laughs> what he <do? laughs> so, That's just a polite so, way of saying uh, he doesn't agree with me. So in all fairness, we had to actually take Vince off the show because of his comments and we're bringing him on as a guest. Now. <laughs> so he's not really affiliated with the yeah. show anymore is kind of what we're trying to do. Just for one week, a one week suspension. <laughs> but, <laughs> But uh, we did not. We, we're not drug testing Vince and, and uh, Commissioner Oliver Luck. That was a terrible segue, right? But it kind of makes sense. Commissioner yeah, Oliver Luck <laughs> is down in Miami for Super Bowl Radio Row and all the fun media stuff going on there, where the world of football is converging this week. And Oliver Luck is there. He spoke with Barstool Radio, and yes, he talked about marijuana testing in the XFL. PEDs, of course, will be tested for, uh, but drug tests in the XFL 
will not include tests for marijuana. So pot won't get you suspended in the XFL, Commissioner Oliver Luck said. And I have to say just from my personal point of view, I think that's a good thing for with all we know about how that help, might help with pain management, with being legal in some states. Um, you know, I think that's a good thing. And also uh, good for a lot of the players out there who, I mean, a little issue with that with the league could, you know, ruin a, a huge opportunity they have here in the XFL. So I'm all for it. I'm with you, Alan. I think it's, I believe they're going to be treating it along the same lines as like alcohol in that sense, right? I think you you kind of keep it away from the clubhouse and you keep it away from the locker room. But other than that, they're really not going to be looking for it. It's fine. It's it's become a recreational thing in the last few years, especially since the last iteration of the XFL. So, you know, less money to be spent on testing for a drug that you don't really have to test for. Yep. And, you know, the the talk at least around the league then won't be about a player getting suspended for a little bit of weed. It'll be about the football. And that's what I think it's all about. Um, this one's unfortunate. This piece of news, Jake, the kicker, Garrett Hartley. I don't know if you saw this Instagram video. I mean, this guy spilled his heart out after signing with the Seattle dragons, unfortunately could not get medically cleared to kick for Seattle. So he's not going to get to suit up for week one within the XFL Seattle's now out for another kicker. Maybe they'll bring back Cole Tracy. We'll see if they haven't already by the time the podcast comes out. But, I mean, poor guy, Garrett Hartley, Jake, a kicker who played with the Saints, was looking forward. That's what you want. don't want to see, a guy looking forward to this opportunity, the XFL, getting denied from some outside forces. Yeah, it was, uh, it was difficult to watch. I mean, just trying to put yourself in his shoes. Uh, you know, this would have been the perfect place for someone to go, but for circumstances out of his control, you know, it's not going to happen right now. And so close to the beginning of the season for him and to try to find another kicker. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The, the Seattle dragons, I think should be fine. I think there's been some good kickers that tried out for this league that aren't even in it right now. Uh, PFT commenter, Bryant, notwithstanding, although I'm sure he's still, he is still campaigning to make it in the league. We'll see. Um, but <laughs> uh, some more 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 injury news. Uh, Antonio Callaway's the big one of the week for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Placed on IR. Went down in practice. Carted off. Lower leg injury, according to Mark Tressman, the head coach, general manager. And he said that Antonio basically was there doing everything he was asked and engaging and doing the work, but... Such is life in football. He gets injured, and an explosive player everybody had high hopes for in Tampa. Another guy looking for a second chance after some issues in the NFL and even in college. Uh, unfortunately, injuries uh, will will derail him, at least for now, Brian. It's a part of the game. We've, we keep talking about it, and this has happened to numerous players uh, so far going into the season, but um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Even the Garrett Hartley thing, it's, 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 it's a part of the game and it's an unfortunate part of the game that we all have to deal with players, especially, uh, we can only sit here and wish the best for Antonio Callaway to get back onto the field before the season ends, um, to, to show what he was actually there for was actually make the Tampa Bay Vipers a better team. Yeah. The interesting thing here though, with both of these, uh, injuries, Hartley and Callaway is that team nine at least to our knowledge, isn't set up yet, Jake. So the replacements for these players, or you got to figure like, where are they going to come from? Do the, does Tressman, does Zorn, do they wait for team nine to get put in place this week or what's going to go on? We'll we'll have to wait and see. So there isn't even really a team nine currently. Is is that correct? At least, at least formally announced. I think they're still putting it together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, So you really, you really can't go to team nine right now and get yourself a kicker. Yeah, we don't have players announced for Team 9 quite yet, which is, uh, you know, we're waiting to see that. But we did, I believe we had a head coach, at least came out, reports coming out from Football Scoop and the like about the XFL hiring the Team 9 coach, uh, Bart Andrus, who is uh, supposed to head the team that will be based in Dallas and basically will be the free agent pool for the XFL and... Uh, you know, that's something that we've all been advocates for the, the team nine and the, they have their own head coach. There's going to be a coaching staff there uh, keeping them in shape and ready, but no official announcements as far as the players that are assigned there. And 
we will uh, of course talk about that as soon as it gets announced but until then we'll continue to dink and dunk with some news from around the league uh, another bit of news here up in Seattle. Uh, this is some good news, I think, as a radio freak. I love radio. I love listening <laughs> to sports talk and football on the radio. And the Seattle Dragons have partnered with 710 ESPN in Seattle. And this is really cool. Part of an agreement that's going to see a, some awesome content, I think, for the fans up up in the Northwest. Uh, Jim Zorn uh, weekly hit. On the John Clayton show on 710 ESPN, the Jim Zorn show, the weekly segment where he's going to talk about the Seattle Dragons and his team and everything going on in the XFL. That's going to be really cool. Hear straight from the coach's mouth every single week on Mondays on 710 ESPN. So the Dragons will get some coverage there. And also, they're going to have a one-hour Dragons Insider show hosted by Lydia Cruz on Wednesday nights. And that's going to be basically the t- the official team show uh, for, for the locals up in Seattle listening to 710 ESPN. That's more coverage. That's more content. And you know I'm all about that, Jake. Yeah, Alan, you and I, we're not in a market where we're going to you know get this locally, unlike Bryant. But, uh, you know, you got to remember, like whenever, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, we were talking about, um you know, play-by-play for the games on the radio there's a lot of shift workers out there a lot of factory workers that want to listen to this listen to sports uh you know while they're sweating it out and plus you know you're getting coaches shows or guest spots on um you know on programs like this so it's just more to legitimize the game more to let people know that it's out there and this is a real thing it's not some rinky that you know rinky dink sideshow no, this yeah, this is seven ten. That's yeah, this is seven ten ESPN in Seattle. This is you know a sports talk uh, a juggernaut up there, and they're also they got Jim Zorn on the radio each and every single week. Brian, hip hip hooray! <laughs> yeah, it's good exposure for the league. You know, if they're going to have this segment with fans and um, on the radio every Monday going to work or whenever you're listening to the to the radio, that's that's going to be great for the Dragons. Uh, as if they needed any more boost to sell more tickets. It seems like they're getting uh, their ducks in a row there in terms of fan access and fan availability and, and just insight into the, sh- into the team. And especially on Wednesday nights, you're going to have this special show that's Dragons-specific. Uh, I think that's great for the XFL, for the Dragons, and and hopefully we see more teams follow in that same footstep. Oh, absolutely. So if you're in Seattle, if you plan on following the Dragons, I, I would pretty much say that those two uh, weekly – uh, pieces of content the the hit from Jim Zorn the segment on the John Clayton show and the Dragons Insider hour-long show that's must listen to stuff uh, at least I would listen to it if I was a Dragons fan for sure so check that out really cool to see we do know that the Houston Roughnecks have a radio deal in place where their games are going to be broadcast uh, locally love it I love it especially I mean I, I'm all you know we're all about podcasting here we're, the more the merrier I say here we go with the last piece of dinkage and dunkage here. Coming out of USA Today, Dean Blandino, the head of officiating for the XFL, uh, announced that there will be at least one female referee in every game in the XFL. Quote, it's just very important to have that mix of people because that creates a better environment. And, you know, Brian, I, I just am all about making sure that those referees, it's the best people for the job because it is. There are a lot of new rules for those referees to keep track of. So I think this is a smart move by Dean Blandino, getting the best people out there, making sure that the environment is a is a quality one and one an easy working environment for everybody. Because these referees are going to have a lot going through their minds. I feel at least in the early stages of the season. Yeah, we saw we saw it at work in in Houston, right? These team these referees, excuse me, were working together, trying to keep them together, and and whatever the best person for the job is should be the person who gets the job. And and Dean Blandino makes it a point to make sure that you know there's full inclusion to all uh, referees that are available. So love so it. Good on the XFL. Good on Dean Blandino, and and I'm sure the referee. I, I have a feeling, and maybe I'm a little biased, but we're gonna have very little referee controversies like we do in the NFL. So. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Literally, literally, like most, almost most of all, like I'm I'm super excited 
for you know the physicality the speed of the game and also just the referees almost being invisible just calling good crisp clean fair games i just i just can't wait and also those referees all of them we saw were in super great shape and they're going to be running up and down the field with the players with that fast play clock can't wait for it really cool uh stuff there from dean blandino friend of the show okay here we go the dinkin and duncan is over let's get into some uh some news here. We've got uh, an announcement from one of the teams about a starting QB. And we also have an a interesting uh, call we have from the XFL fan line. That is, someone's asking us to start maybe getting a little bit into the fantasy aspects of the XFL with the season about to start. We're going to talk about it all here in this week's Cover 2. Being able to get the starting job, it's, it's a blessing, honestly. Just uh, day in and day out of work and hard work and uh, the, the dedication I put into it and um, everything. So I'm just super happy, super blessed to um, be named the starting quarterback. There he is, Jordan Tamu, the starting quarterback of the St. Louis Battle Hawks. And we're going to bring in Vince now, who's usually sitting at home in his studio on the show, but now he's on the road. So he said he's going to call in and be our good crisp interview. I'm not going to call you the good crisp. You're never good and crisp, Vince. You're all you're always jagged, and you say something that upsets somebody out there. So we're just gonna say we're bringing you in. You're our cover two expert this week because you have a lot to say about the quarterback situation in St. Louis. So let's start with you, Jordan Tom Mutab is the starter for the Battle Hawks. Do you think that was the right move by Jonathan Hayes? Yeah, I, 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 let me first say that this is kind of one of the more fascinating quarterback situations. Uh, in my opinion, Jordan Tomu was the assigned quarterback for the Battlehawks, uh, and and this guy is a a rookie coming out of Ole Miss, um, and who had a you know a very up and down career down there for the Rebels, and you know he had you know some real nasty wideouts down there, you know AJ Brown and DK um, Metcalf. Uh, DK Metcalf up in Seattle, uh, AJ Brown, of course, with Tennessee Titans, you know, both those guys have an excellent careers. Uh, so you'd think that those guys would have made Jordan Tomu look very good. Uh, yet somehow, you know, Ole Miss as a team didn't do that well, you know, and Tomu, he had some big games and he, but he also had a lot of clunkers too. Uh, so I, I'm not still not quite sure exactly who this guy is. I, I was a little surprised to see him as an assigned quarterback, but I think the kid does have a ton of arm talent, and it, it is going to be very interesting to see what he does. I think this is guy, this guy may be the biggest unknown uh, out of all the assigned quarterbacks. I agree that he's the biggest unknown because he is coming in the most. He's the freshest guy. You know, we haven't seen a lot of him outside of the college game compared to the other guys who have had NFL and AAF exposure, Vince. But with that being said, I, I feel like that makes Jordan Tamu maybe the highest ceiling quarterback in the XFL. He he has, I think, a, a really high ceiling. He's got the athleticism. He's got the arm talent, like you said. I think he's got the accuracy. I don't, I'm not so sure about you know, his deep ball game and, and how much he's going to be able to stretch the field is one thing I'm looking for him to prove. And also just being a, a smart quarterback and not putting his team behind the eight ball is another thing you're watching, especially with him being the youngest starter in the league. But all that being said, I feel like there is a lot of upside compared to some of the other guys who we've seen a whole lot of, like Josh Johnson, Matt McGloin. We know what they can do, but... Jordan Tamu, he might be able to do even more and then some compared to what those guys have shown so far. I don't don't doubt that. And you also got to factor in that he's probably one of the more hungrier quarterbacks. Uh, You know, he's still trying to make it to get a shot, you know, in the NFL. And this is, you know, kind of a uh, could be a stepping stone type situation for him here. Uh, Just really just trying to get some more tape out there and, and you know, show what he can do. You know that Ole Miss situation that that was yeah. a, you know just a wild wild time down there. But I like yeah, uh, I like that he he chased Shea Patterson from town. He chased him away. 
to Michigan. He took his yeah. job. And and I like Jordan Tamu also. He throws from multiple angles. He could throw he could throw a sidearm. He could he just gets rid of it any way he can. And he's pretty accurate with it. I that's what I like about him is he's a creative quarterback. And that's something that's really exciting when it comes to the XFL. Quarterbacks who are maybe gonna think outside the box instead of being stepped back and just release it, which I think we're going to see a lot of out of the Dallas quarterbacks, Landry Jones and Philip Nelson. I don't think are going to be able to, you know, do anything but just step back and throw it real quick in the air raid. June Jones's quarterbacks are going to be confined within the system. I think you might see some creativity out of Jordan Tamu compared to what the other QBs do. Uh, I hope so, and, and you might be right as you alluded to. The kid does have a tremendous amount of athletic ability. Uh, the, there's there's no secret that this guy could you know get outside the pocket, create plays, and you know run the ball upfield. Uh, I think he's he's definitely one of the more versatile quarterbacks for sure. He's capable of a lot. I'm, I'm just not sure exactly what we're going to get from him, uh, mainly because it, there is such a big unknown. I'm just not quite sure what to expect. This is going to be one of the games uh, in week one that I'm definitely going to be focusing on. Bryant, now well, I think. Uh, oh, well, real quick, Brian, I want to ask you, because uh, we did like our QB rankings way back when. I can't even remember. You always keep track of that stuff, so you probably know when. And you probably remember where you had Jordan Tamu. But now that you saw him down in Houston at training camp, you've probably learned a lot more about him going into the season and the team that's surrounding him. Where do you think he, he stacks up and how, how high do you think his ceiling is now that he's been named officially the starter in St. Louis? I can only go by what I've seen, and I, we saw uh, enough of him to to really just kind of get a taste of like what we're expecting. Like you're right, the the athletic abilities there, the different arm angles, all that is great. But in, in an in game action, all those things have to come together, right, for it to be a success. And here's here's how I'm judging this now: is they they being the St. Louis BattleHawks drafted Brogan Roback in the second round of the skill player draft to compete. With Jordan Tamu, so he one of two things happened. Either, one of two like things Shane happened: Patterson. either Brogan, yeah. <laughs> either Brogan Roback didn't, you know, <laughs> throw it very well, or they realized they didn't need him, and Jordan Tamu was the real deal. I think for St. Louis BattleHawk fans, they're hoping that Jordan Tamu is the real deal. I think there's some faith in there, um, and that's why I'm, I'm super excited to see him uh, compete uh, on Sunday. Right, I believe it's the morning game. Yeah, he's really after, good at, at chasing gu- chasing uh, guys out of out of quarterback competitions. It seems he got he he had a yeah. showdown with Brogan. Although Taylor Heineke and now Nick Fitzgerald in St. Louis, I would not be surprised to see suit up as starters at some point during the season. Should Jordan Tamu struggle, get injured, those guys are very capable too, Vince. Well, and Fitzgerald, uh, um, that's that's an interesting one too. Um, but what I was going to say was, do, do you think the Battle Hawks uh, drafted a quarterback uh, in the second round because they couldn't pass on a guy named Broken Roback? <laughs> they just no, I don't think they drafted him just because of his name. No, I, 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 he's got a pretty good background. He was, you know, in some NFL camps. He was, you know, I, that's that was not an, a pick just because of the name. It was a pick because they needed someone with, you know, uh some potential that could push Jordan Tamu. I think that was the whole goal. And Jordan Tamu, I think, like you said, Brian, probably stepped up to the challenge, showed enough in camp, and won the job outright. It's amazing what, you know, like a fresh coaching staff can do for a player, particularly a young quarterback. Um, You know, just that, that situation at Ole Miss with, you know, you know all the all the chaos going down in that in that part of the country, um, and it, that could have really affected his development. I mean, because the tools are certainly there. There's no doubt about that. And you know maybe this coaching staff is really getting the best out of him, and I hope so. And there you go, St. Louis. You got your starting quarterback. It's Jordan Tamu. Uh, real quick, check in with you, Jake. He's named the starter. Does that mean you're rooting for the BattleHawks now? Yeah, I was mostly just laying out and listening to listening to the experts, but uh, no, that that does not mean that I'm picking the Battle Hawks. I, there's you know seven other starters plus Team Nine that I that I'd like to know about. <laughs> what if, well, we we know so. <laughs> what if I told you, Jake, that that the shortest guy on the Battle Hawks defense was six foot four? 
Well, oh my god, I like that. <laughs> it looks like it, Vince. I'll tell you that much. No, Jake tweeted out a picture earlier this week about a bunch of yellow skittles. I think he's a Tampa Bay Vipers fan, really. To be honest with you, you are reading way too much into that, my friend. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> let's let's take it from uh, the St. Louis BattleHawks and go league wide here because we got to look at a lot of players now because. With the start of the season, fantasy football is on a lot of people's minds. Even some of our callers calling into the XFL fan line. Here's A who called in and asked us a question, guys, and kind of wants us to get in gear. Hi, yeah, I'm just calling. I want to know uh, we've got our XFL season-long uh, fantasy draft this Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, I just want to know who we should be targeting for positions and players um, You know, in, e- in each round. We have a 12-round draft. Um, we've got uh, two separate five teams, and uh, if you could just shed some light on that, maybe on your uh, your show this afternoon, I'd love to hear. Thank you. I don't know about each round, eh? I- I'm ready to talk some fantasy, and you're right, we have neglected the fantasy talk a little bit, uh, and now we got to get our our butts in gear, Vince. I don't want to go round by round, but he's right. Fantasy is on a lot of people's minds. People are starting to have their drafts this very weekend, so we do need to acknowledge it a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll give him our advice here in a second. But Oliver Luck mentioned uh, this week on Radio Row, big announcements coming uh, next week. The XFL will announce their gaming partners and a free-to-play game that's going to launch next week, as well as an app to be launched pretty soon so that's excited for everybody who has exciting for everybody who has fantasy on the mind and we'll get into i think some deeper dives into fantasy next tuesday vince but for now can you help a out and give them some quick picks guys you got your eye on as producers in the xfl yeah this is this is a really tough uh you know task i would say is doing an xfl fantasy draft a year-long one at that, uh, and and the main reason why is because we don't really know the depth charts for all these teams. I mean, you, you could it, it wouldn't surprise me if you drafted somebody in the first round they never saw the field. That's why happens to the defenders quite often. Actually. I would wait till next the middle. I, I mean, Sunday's pretty early. I would wait till like. Next, maybe Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Yep, me and Vince are on the same spectrum there. Vince, (laughs) would it be in this individual's best interest to uh, to fake an illness and ask for the for the draft to be postponed? (laughs) Or or is that just you know giving everybody else the same advantage? I don't know if that's that's something you can really do. That's the thing. You really got. I think you really got to do your homework here and really just sniffing around to see what kind of information you can pick up. But you know, if you're if you're talking about you know guys that, you know to draft, if if I was doing this, um, you know, my strategy probably you know first would be to kind of look at the quarterbacks because you know those are the guys you know at least in some situations that you know are definitely you know going to be the starters. They're definitely going to be the guys that are that are uh, going to be leading the teams. And they're they're probably the safest pick, you know. You know, there's there's strategies in fantasy football that you know you, you can't win a draft in the first round, but you can sure as hell lose it. Um, and so, you know, maybe going quarterback would be something I I would look at, and specifically, you know, guys that maybe have their their spots, you know, all wrapped up. You know, you're talking about your Aaron Murray's, you're talking about your your um, Landry Joneses, those kind of players. Uh, but I know you're, you're looking for more skill positions, Alan, I'm assuming. Um, so, you know, one guy, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, this guy a lot on the show, you know, depending on your, your scoring format, I think a guy like a Keenan Reynolds, you know, a guy that could just be a matchup nightmare all over the field. It should get a lot of touches, a lot of volume. That's somebody that I'm definitely looking forward to. You know, I'm I'm gonna go out on I'm gonna go out on a limb because I mean you gave some players there, Vince, but I don't know about enough. This guy was asking for round by round. I want to at least give him a top five, so I'll go my top five if that's okay. I want here here are the guys I would pick if I could pick my five the five guys that I would want at least for now. I would want whoever the Houston Roughnecks QB ends up being. I don't I don't know who it is if it's Philip Walker, Connor Cook, honestly, whoever it is, I want those June Jones stats though. 
So I'm going there. Yeah. I'm also I'm also looking at Sammy Coates down there in Houston as well, the, the receiver who I think yeah. is going to have some big plays in this game and get you some big fantasy points. And then I'm also looking at just producers like Donald Pump, Donnell Pumphrey, uh, the running back in D.C., uh, you know, Christy Michael. I think the Battlehawks are going to run the ball downhill a whole lot. I think they're going to pound the ball, especially with what we just said about Jordan Tamu not having a lot of experience. So that might be something you want to you want to factor in. And then our homie Tim Cook up in New York, Brian, is I think is going to be the vulture of the league and steal a lot of touchdowns this year. He might I don't know how many carries he'll get each game, but I definitely know he's going to get some down near the goal line. Well, not even the goal line. You got to remember conversions. You get points for that in fantasy, and that's the thing in the XFL that these oh! running backs are probably going to get these two-yard run oh! conversions. I so just Tim Cook of- was one of my top five oh. for sure in that regard. Yeah. Because who else do you want pounding the ball for two yards and Tim Cook in the XFL? You know, really, if you think about it. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> We've got one, two, and three pointers on the line for fantasy as well, Brian. Exactly. That makes it even more and exciting. Alan, I will throw out uh, two two more names here. Uh, if you're looking, if you're in a PPR league, I would definitely look at Nelson Spruce down in LA uh, with uh, Norm Chow and, and Josh Johnson, probably the most experienced quarterback in the league, uh, throwing passes at you. I think you can. Because the man gobbled up like a thousand passes in Colorado uh, in his college days, so so look at him. And then in terms of just team defense, I'm really torn between St. Louis, what we saw with the size, and then the moves that Coach Moss has made with LA on those defensive ends and with Anthony Johnson, and and with Trey Williams, that you know anchoring that linebacker core, that's going to be a stingy defense too in LA. If you're talking team defenses, I'm, I'm I bet the Guardians score some defensive touchdowns with their secondary oh this is fun this is fun this is an aspect of the league we have never even dipped our toes in yet vince we'll have to do this some more on tuesday well definitely how do you feel about eli rogers see i'm skeptical about taking slot receivers even though i know he'll probably have a lot of catches i just don't i don't know i don't trust them as much I like deep threats, and I like if I'm taking a guy like that, I'd rather have a running back that catches the ball than a slot guy. That's all. That's just me. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I believe he's up in D.C. Nick Brosette, is that correct? Yeah, but when we were, I mean, at least yeah. in training camp, it didn't seem like he was getting as much PT as the other guys. They've got a loaded running a backfield in dc uh, i don't know do, they do but you know Presley if, and if you want to talk about maybe sheer talent you know he could be the guy that emerges there as as the star man it's very difficult to just to, to draft an xfl fantasy team you know and we don't know the depth charts yet maybe when those come out it'll make it a little easier but i think like vince said that might even be difficult because even coaches after week one are going to be making adjustments so my best advice is to just take what we just said and apply it. Because <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. <laughs> uh, Alan, if they're anything like uh, college football depth charts, you might as well just you know take them and light them on fire. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think these might be hopefully a little bit more accurate. Uh, man, it's exciting, though. The, the players, are, are they got to be chomping at the bit to get out there and produce and have people talking about their fantasy numbers. I like that the XFL – uh, Bryant put out this cool uh, chart, the, a few cool charts of like uh, roster breakdowns and like where everybody's coming from. And of course, of course, 70 SEC players leading the way uh, of, of, of every conference. The Big Ten uh, follows them with 52. Um, and then the LSU Tigers and the Auburn Tigers have the most XFL players, both with 10 apiece. Yeah, it's 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 literally the XFL by the numbers. Two hundred and seven uh, players have been on NFL rosters in the last six months, so it's pretty cool. I think LSU, right, and Auburn. You said were, were leading the way in terms of schools, uh, but it's nine, a little little chart out there. Nine Oklahoma Sooners, and surprisingly, not all nine of them are on the Dallas Renegades. Yeah, only three, <laughs> only three on the Renegades as of right now. So. It's a cool little chart. The XFL doing their uh, their homework and in, in, in where these players. Maybe this will help you if you want all SEC players. Well, there's 200. And, I'm sorry, there's 70 players available for you if you want to draft all SEC players. Yeah, I mean, what I liked best about that is you know it, it talked about all the guys from the summer showcase that are still in the league. I, I think it equaled out to about uh, 21 or 22 guys per team 
uh, you know, not counting team nine. So again, these summer showcases are paying off if you got about 20 guys, uh, you know, on eight teams. So what seemed like a, a little far dream in the middle of the summer is going to be a reality here in about a week. Yeah. When I saw that number, Jake, that the 178, that validated to, I showed that to my fiance because I took that trip. I did the loop, the DC, New York loop during the summer to go to the summer showcases. And that validated it to her. Okay. That was important that you went to that to see everybody. And I said, of course I told you, honey, (laughs) these were important. The summer showcases, 178 players, um, but now the, the the task is to break down which team has the most SEC players, Vince, and then on Tuesday when we make our championship predictions, that's the team we pick to win it all. <laughs> that, that's certainly going to be a strategy for some. Uh, no doubt about that. We're, we're picking the, the winner on Tuesday as opposed to next Thursday. Yes, yes. We, we You weren't here on the beginning of the show. We told everybody next Tuesday's show is the season-long predictions. We're doing MVP. We're doing champions. We're doing coach of the year. All that fun stuff. And then on the late Thursday night show will be week one preview. Strictly talking week one and everything going into that big first weekend of the XFL. Four games to break down. We'll have depth charts by then. Fingers crossed. Hopefully. And uh, that's what that's that next week's schedule looks like, Vince. Just so you're prepared. Okay. Yeah, I got a lot of work to do. Uh, this is, oh my goodness. Uh, I, I'm just, I, you know, I've been, you know, uh, checking all of my my fantasy apps and you know, uh, sportsbook apps, just constantly looking for new, you know, information about what well, you know what wise guys think about this. Uh, and you know, they came up on a. Uh, on on FanDuel earlier this week about uh, favorites to win the uh, the XFL championship. Yeah, uh, we you know, we talked uh, about it earlier this the, in the show too. The Dallas Renegades were atop of that board, weren't they? As opposed to the Vipers, like we talked about. Yeah, they this were week. the and the Vipers weren't even second. They they were a little further down the list. Uh, so you know, different uh, different opinions there. Um, so it, it's it's interesting to see you know, what everybody thinks about this because it's tough to get a consensus on on such an unknown quantity. Oh, man, it's exciting. And we're going to start getting an idea for it in week one. But I still I even think after that there will be a lot of questions and a lot of a lot of things to talk through, Vince. But uh, for now, let, let's let you go before you say anything that gets you in trouble. I mean, we were scheduled to have a St. Louis Battle Hawk on the show this week. I don't think it was because of you that – we had to reschedule that, but I am saying you said some things about players on that team that, that I'm sure they didn't like. <laughs> well, I'll say this. It's probably mostly because of Bryant that we didn't have a, a battle. Hawks yeah, both of you saying things about the battle Hawks that are just getting us in hot water. When people in St. Louis love us and invite us to tailgates all the time that we were no, going to, it's because Vince it is Vince, but Vince is an opinion that probably should be kept to himself. Mine are just facts that I'm splurting out. That's all it is. I don't know. I don't know. Jake and I do not, do not concur with any of that. Just deflecting blame is all I'm here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, Vince, we'll let you go and uh, we'll see you on Tuesday for that big prediction show. All right. Good talk. See you out there. There he is. Our what's the opposite of good and crisp? Rough Vince. Vince interview. Yeah, there's Vince for the, the cover too, and uh, that was a whole lot of fun. And uh, people are asking us, Brian, our opinion on predictions and who we think is going to do what, especially after last episode where we talked about win totals. Now everybody's clamoring for superlatives. Who's going to be the best defense? Who's going to win all the games and whatnot? We're going to do that on Tuesday, but I think we could, you know, give a little taste of all that kind of stuff at the end of this show right now. What do you say? I think we can. We Let's dip our toe into it because I want to get warmed up for next week. A little toe dip into some preseason superlatives in this week's hot read. Are this how this is going to work, everybody? For the hot read this week. We are going to just touch on some preseason predictions, some superlatives, and we're going to, you know, kind of show our hand just a little bit, Jake, not all the way, if if that's okay with you. Yeah, we can do a little bit of peek in this episode. All right, so let's give a little peek. This is by no means 
going to tell you who we're picking to win the championship or anything, although you could read into it if you want. That's up to you, the gentle listener. First up, which team will boast the most potent offense, Bryant? I mean, I think you have to go with Houston. I think just based on what we've seen, what we've heard, what June Jones is going to do down there, I, I can't wait to see this offense on the field. Uh, four, five wideouts, maybe 60% of the time. Uh, it's going to be a great sight for these eyes to see, and I think every fan should be uh, paying very close attention to what happened Saturday night in Houston's first game against Los Angeles. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Even though we don't know who their starting quarterback is quite yet, even still, <laughs> the players surrounding them, June Jones being there on the sideline, just that fact, I respect June Jones that much that even not knowing his starting quarterback, I'm going to go with you as well. The Houston Roughnecks offense, I feel, is going to be nasty and very tough to stop and very multiple, even without tight ends. I think they're going to run. They're going to shoot. They're going to score a lot of points. Well, they win a lot of games. That's a different story. But the offense, I think, is going to be efficient and a well-oiled machine. Jake, what say you? Well, yeah, the offense is going to be uh, definitely efficient. I, you know, I did think about Houston, but I think Houston is going to be my answer for a question later on that I think we're going to get to. Uh, you know, most potent. I, I think you have to have Dallas in the mix there. Uh, if Cardell Jones performs like I think he does, I think DC has to be in the mix there. Uh, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe Bob Stoops is going to my head and everything that he's accomplished in his career, but I'm going to go with the Renegades, raising hell. So you would, <laughs> so you're going to say the the air raid in Dallas, but also keep our eyes on Houston and DC. Yes, yeah, I like that. I would probably say those are my top three too as well, Brian. Yeah, that's. <sighs> I almost wanted to throw Tampa Bay in there, but really, then I'd just be saying the whole I, league. I so thought of, with- yeah, I, I did. I thought about Tampa Bay in there. I also thought about Seattle, but then at that point, uh, I'm just naming every team. Exactly. So I, I think <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was going with. One of the, I think all these teams are definitely going to be top eight in the league. I'll say that. Right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> good, good uh, way to go out on the limb there. I like that. <laughs> no lower than number eight. <laughs> Um, but with Dallas, Jake, you bring up a good point. We brought him up, or at least I did. I brought him up last week. Don, uh, Donald Parham, that tight end out of Stetson, which we found out was out of Florida. Right, Alan? Is that where, yeah, where Stetson Florida. Is? We figured that out. Uh, a 6'8 tight end. Uh, there's going to be some – they're going to be probably the best red zone team in the league for sure. Well, look at the Super Bowl. The best teams are the teams with the best tight ends. Tight ends are important in 2020, so – Maybe that'll play a factor. Tampa Bay took one in the first round as well. Nick Truesdell, so maybe that says something. I don't know. That's the trend. Football's a trendy, trendy sport. It's a copycat sport, but I'm a sucker for the run and shoot. I'm going with the Houston Roughnecks. Let us know what you think at XFL Show. Let's take it to the other side of the ball. Defense. Superlative here, Jake. Who will have the stingiest defense? Well, you guys were talking whenever you were down in Houston looking at those training camps about the speed of the New York Guardians, correct? Yeah, the secondary is the truth. But, uh, you know, if there's one guy in this league that can cut a promo like no other, it's got to be Coach Moss. (laughs) I am convinced that his, you know, maybe he's not going to have the best DBs, but I don't know if you're going to have to, you know, if you're putting the quarterback on the ground and you're playing as rough and as tough as this league will allow. So I'm going to go with coach Moss and the LA Wildcats. On this one. I'm going to go same. I, I, I'm picking the Wildcats defense. It was I, between them and the battle Hawks for me, but seeing them up close, I feel Bryant like the, the Wildcats are a little bit faster, maybe not phys- as physically imposing as St. Louis, but overall I feel like, just that that unity they have and and the viciousness that's going to be a violent defense that's going to be hard to score on i'm going with the wildcats as well and and this is i've i've said it a few times uh their front seven is going to be um very impressive and and what i'm when i say when i hear stingy i'm saying they make you fight for every yard and i think that's what the la wildcats defense are going to do they're going to not let you run this ball and they're going to come after you when you try to pass it 
their their corners and safeties might be uh, maybe not as great as New York or maybe even not as great as St. Louis. But that front seven, I think, will probably be the best in the league. And I think they're going to hold teams to a very minimal amount of points uh, for 10 weeks, maybe 12. Can, can anybody remember which team was tweeting out, you know, about the total uh, total poundage and weight on their oh, lines? I think that was L.A., it wasn't it? No, it wasn't L.A. I think it was Houston. Was it? Uh, well, we have to go back and look. St. Louis I, I just like, you know what I like here is that we just did the offense and defensive superlatives and it was completely different teams for both both sides of the ball which tells me the parity is going to be there they're going to be really good defenses they're going to be really good offenses they might offset each other these teams are going to compete i think it's going to be an evenly matched up league a lot every week we're gonna i think hopefully we'll see close games um not to say just because we all picked la i mean the st louis defense is going to be legitimately good they've got players that are carryovers from the aaf's best defense or one of in orlando and, and you've got I mean, like we said, a New York defense that can fly to the ball. I mean, absolutely fly to the ball. Um, but this is just our opinion. Who really? But can they tackle? That's, well, that's, that's another important thing. You know, who knows? Maybe <laughs> at the end of it all, we'll end up seeing Seattle or, or D.C. with the best D. We, we, it's, it's all predictions at this point, of course. But I think we uh, all believe in that Moss and Pepper Johnson defense for sure. Not just what we've heard, but what we've seen. Now let's talk tricks because there's opportunity to get creative in the xfl with the kickoffs double forward pass faster play clock and extra points with one two and three pointers which team bryant will be the trickiest team in the xfl this is going to surprise all of you but i'm going to go with st louis i I think they're going to come up with the most creative plays uh, I think you have Houston, who's who, who's going to be probably the best offense, but I think they're going to be just straightforward and straight to the point. Same with Dallas, and same with Mark Trestman down in Tampa. I feel like St. Louis is going to get a little creative, especially with Jordan Tamu back there, all the different skill levels that we talked about earlier. I think they're going to drop some plays on the offensive side and on the defensive side, uh, some stunning and, and some different coverages that we're probably not used to based on those a very tall defensive uh, 11 that, that, that St. Louis has. So I think I'm gonna, the trickery is going to come out of St. Louis. I, I'm going to go with Seattle because I think they've got multiple Trickiest, different kinds of bodies that could be bodies that could be different elements of different trick plays, different sneaks, different kind of, uh, I think, that's all Jim Zorn. Come on. Jim Zorn is a guy who likes to think outside the box. He was a quarterback that was super unconventional. He's got B.J. Daniels up there. He's got Keenan Reynolds there playing along with Brandon Silvers. He's got, I think, a, a variety of running backs that could do different things in, in Trey Williams and Kenneth Farrow. I think offensively, they could get creative with those extra points, with the double forward pass even, and just the personality of the coach I look at. I'm going to tab Seattle as my trickiest team. Jake, I don't know about you. I think Zorn is going to be a wizard when it comes to the extra points. Yeah, that's definitely something that I considered, but why I didn't answer uh, Houston for the most potent offense is because I'm putting them here. I, you got June Jones, you got a double forward pass. Who knows how many guys are going to be spreading out wide. I don't even know how many times he's going to go for one on the <laughs> extra point. Like the, the, the two point just may be his normal all season long. Well, I, I feel like a lot of teams are going to go for two points. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's... Well, we, we don't know. That's that's why we got to see, you know, halfway through the season what the analytics are <laughs> yeah. telling us. Yeah, the data. The da- it yeah. all comes back to the data. Or data. Uh, or data. However you say that word. Uh, shout out to John Gruden. But there you go. The trickiest team. Now that brings us to our last superla- superlative the trending team, the trendiest team. Predict one hashtag or trending topic or the team that's going to trend the most. Something something regarding trends here, Bryant. That's what we're going for. You know what I'm talking about. I, I tend to be a social media guru in my other life. Sultan. I will say, a sultan, I sultan, say. I guess a sultan of social media in my other life. Uh, I think you have to go with the obvious. You have to go into St. Louis and you have to go with hashtag taking flight. I think that's just going to be trending uh, 
basically for the next three months. I think you guys, you just expect that to happen until the end of uh, April. So you think they're a seven-win team then? No, I'm just saying that that's what's going to be trending for the next 12 weeks. <laughs> Have you looked online? Oh. <laughs> St. Louis Battlehawk fans like to share. They're very passionate about their team, and they like to share how passionate they are about their team. Hashtag go Battlehawks, Starman Russell there. Uh, they do that every single time. And I think that's what they're going to be the most boisterous. I believe they have the most fans on social media to begin with. Uh-huh. I think you're going to see that a lot. I'd like to say caw-ca to, to Russell and all the Battlehawks fans. I definitely think they're going to get some Can you social... not say it like that, though? Can you say it like caw-ca? Like, you don't say it the way you said it before. Like like caca? No, sorry. Caw-ca. Caw-ca. There you go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going with the Battlehawks trend, too. I, they're, they're the most active, but also their players are pretty vocal on social media. Hashtag get sacks, get sacks, get sacks. If you follow uh, Jake Payne, their defensive lineman, who's going to wear double zero for the Battlehawks. Uh, among other players, they hashtag get sacks, get sacks, get sacks, and I'm all about it. So I'm going to go with the Payne Train 99. Well, now double zero and the Battlehawks getting sacks. I think uh, a St. Louis oriented trend is definitely going to be what's dominating social media, Jake. Well, I'm going to break that trend right now. I'm going to say hashtag go for three. Uh, <laughs> this comeback period, this comeback period that we know about, just, you know, two score games becoming one score games, three scores becoming. Uh, Two score games. I, I think go for three is what's going to be causing all of this. What about hashtag get nine? Uh, I don't <laughs> think so. A go for three. Okay, that's yeah, go for three sounds a little better. Okay, go hashtag go for three. Hashtag get sacks. Get sacks. Get sacks. Hashtag taking flight. There you have it. That's what's tr- predicted to be trending in the XFL. In the 2020 season, let us know all your superlatives if you want to join in the fun at XFL Show on Twitter or 724-565-4XFL if you want to call in. And there's plenty more where that came from on our next episode because that is when we will give our official preseason predictions, Bryant, the big ones. We don't have to throw way too early onto it right before it anymore, right? This is our last final ditch effort to, to predict the rest of the season or the, the first season, I guess, in the XFL. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Jake, I hope you come well prepared because we got a lot of predicting to do, a lot of uh, breaking down uh, these teams and, and, and getting everyone ready, including ourselves, uh, for kickoff. And if you aren't ready, if you don't have your tickets, make sure you're going over there uh, to XFL.com slash tickets to get your tickets to be a part of this because what we talk about here is going to be coming to reality. And just under a week or a little over a week, I guess. Yeah, no longer way too early predictions. I, I say we should call these appropriately timed predictions. <laughs> uh, that might be the title for the next episode. Appropriately timed predictions Chris- coming at you. I don't think you could fit. Oh. Good Chris predictions. I like That's pro- what I was going for. I like appropriately timed, Jake. You're well said. You're the master <laughs> at naming episodes. So that's coming next episode We when we pick the champions of the XFL in 2020, the MVP, the coach of the year, all that fun stuff, and, of course, the latest news from around the league. Hopefully we have some more depth chart stuff to talk about. We are looking forward to next week's announcement about gaming partners, the future of an XFL app. That's all coming down the line, and we cannot wait to talk about it. And next week it is officially Bryant Game Week. I don't know if I'm ready. Well, I know I'm not, but I'll try my best to get prepared. I got a long weekend ahead of me. Uh, a lot of preparing. I think Vince didn't realize how long of a weekend he had ahead of him until we hung up the phone with him just not, not too long ago. So he's going to have to prepare. Uh, but everybody come with, with, with some information, some some your notes, whatever you do. I, I still use paper. Where's my paper? Here's my paper. Yeah, and I'm going to try to make this. Oh, you heard it? Okay. Just make sure, because I want you to know how well prepared I'm going to be for next week's episode. But stay tuned uh, to hear us all talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And remember, our episodes come out next week on Tuesday morning, early, and late Thursday evening. So when you want to get ready for week one, you check out that Thursday show. And when you want those predictions and the latest news, that's the Tuesday show. And you know what I, I would say, Jake? I would tell my friends... 
just listen to every single episode because there's two per week plus bonus episodes. We're also going to be doing some team previews, some very, very mini, mini-sodes next week as well, just to give you the facts about each and every single team as we kick off in 2020 next weekend. If you've got to start now at episode one, get going and you'll be ready. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if they could. Could someone actually binge I, I from think, episode so. one between now and kickoff? Is that possible? I don't know the math. Uh, well, so. Do you if, think, Brian? If, if we average an hour per episode at 100 and what are we at now, Alan? 110. I mean, I, I, it could be done, but the, very little sleep That's... is going to be happening uh, if you're trying to binge. Start now and, and try to catch up. Maybe set your DVR for a couple hours uh, on Saturday just to push that TV viewing a little bit to make sure it's you get physically all that. possible. It just may not be w- good for your health. Yeah, I don't. Right. So everybody, stay safe out there. <laughs> stay safe out there. Binge responsibly, and if anything, we'll just see you on the Tuesday episode. We thank you so much for subscribing to the show or listening on XFL.com. Remember. Go to XFL.com for all the latest news on transactions, anything from the league. If you want to get your tickets, like Brian said, go to XFL.com, and you could listen to this very show right there on XFL.com. It's game week next week, everybody. So we want to hear from you again, the voicemail 724-5654-XFL. If you want to get in on the show, give us your predictions for any games in week one, or if you want to let us know who you think will win the XFL championship I definitely want to hear from you. And, of course, follow us at XFL on Twitter. That's it. That does it for this episode. We'll see you for episode 110 next Tuesday. For Vince, Jake, Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.